0: Welcome to the Wanderous History Podcast and to a new episode of the mini-series looking at the history of some of the most important doges of 16th century Venice, part of the wider rulers and monarchs of the 16th century Mediterranean and Europe series. I continue the discussion today about Venetian Doge Andrea Gritti, one of the most important Venetian military figures and statesmen from the 16th century. I talked about the early career of Gritti, his role at Agnadello during the War of the League of Cambrai, and his rise to become Doge of Venice in 1523. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you to please hit that subscribe button and notification bell to make sure you never miss any new material from the podcast. Let us resume. It seemed as if everyone was against Venice in the matter of Ravenna and Cervia, their restoration. France was inclined to ask the Venetians to restore these cities to the papacy and for the Duke of Ferrara to do likewise with Modena. However, Luis of Savoy postponed an official act out of fear of driving both Venice and Ferrara into an alliance with the emperor. England was more direct, and for Cardinal Wolsey, the English advised on the immediate restoration. In Rome, ardent supporters of the papacy, such as the Bishop of Pistoia, argued that Venice had brought Rome to ruin through the annexation of these cities, which deprived Rome and the papacy of tax revenue and by allowing the imperialists to plunder the city of Rome in 1527. The Pope began to orchestrate secret meetings as Gasparo Contarini, Venetian ambassador in Rome, reported back to the Signoria that he had found Clement in a conference room with the ambassadors from France, Milan, and England. Contarini tried to create a diversion by advising the English ambassador to not press on this matter, as it would have created a dangerous precedent in Italy, arguing that Ferrara and Florence also had possessions wanted by the papacy, which added to the strong imperial presence in Lombardy, uh, and it could have extended the continuation of war in the region, a scenario desired by nobody. In reality and truth, this was no more than a bluff, as Florence was soon to be restored once more to the Medici family with the help of the imperials. A commission was formed by Andrea Gritti and the Venetian Senate which made a very unusual proposition that reflected the level of distrust between the Venetian Republic and the Papacy. The plan would have involved the placement of Ravenna and Cervia under temporary jurisdiction of France and England until the war was over in Lombardy, leaving matters to be decided once peace had been achieved. Prior to this proposal, which Unsurprisingly, was not accepted by anyone. Doge Andrea Gritti argued that Clement was driven by uh, his personal Medician ambition in this dispute and argued that Adrian VI, the previous pope, had he still uh, been alive, would have not pressed on with this issue. The response of Pope Clement VII to these Venetian accusations was aggressive, showing clear intentions of his unwillingness to compromise on the matter. As a result, in order to avoid another diplomatic isolation, similar to the one uh, prior to the League of Cambrai, the Venetians, Venice, accepted the terms in the treaty signed at Bologna, done through papal mediation, and finally recognized the long and problematic restoration of Ravenna and Cervia to Rome. This way, Gritti, the Senate, the Venetian government, avoided a situation which had preceded the War of the League of Cambrai. Ironically by 1530 peace was finally achieved uh, through papal Venetian cooperation with considerable amount of Venetian compromise. Andrea Gritti's policies had pay off having learned from the mistakes of his predecessors and the Fabian strategy not only preserved the most important possessions of Venice but also uh, allowed for a future alliance of the emperor against an ever-increasing enemy towards the east, uh, namely the Ottomans and the Mediterranean policy of Suleiman the Magnificent. In regards to Ottoman-Venetian relations, we've spoken about Andrea Gritti and his role in the peace and treaty from 1503, which concluded the Second Ottoman-Venetian War. The Venetians had lost, Ottomans emerged victorious. There was always a question whether there was a tacit alliance between the Republic of Venice and the Ottoman Sultan, we see that throughout the century, questions about the Venetian non-intervention at Malta much later on. But the conflicts that followed until 1530 showed an unusual, one might say suspicious, cooperation between the two sides. For example, in 1510, both England and Scotland were interested in launching a crusade against the Ottomans and the English king tried to make efforts to pacify the Venetians and the papacy in order to form an alliance against the Ottomans. The Scottish king made the tempting proposition of uh, becoming the Signoria's captain general and provide an army of around 10,000 soldiers and a large fleet to be used under pilgrimage pretences. And the King of England tried to persuade Maximilian to end their their conflict as the conflicts between the infidels, between quotes, represented the perfect opportunity to strike in uh, 1512. Nothing ever came to this and peace between the Venetians and the Ottomans would be renewed, uh, an important moment being in 1518. However, in 1518, Venetians wanted this pact to be secret. Uh, as they did not wish for other Christian princes, mainly the papacy, to keep suspecting them of having this tacit alliance with the Ottomans. And the report sent to the Republic's ambassador in London specifically asked to not mention this peace. And 1518 was a critical year concerning the Ottoman expansion, as the Mamluks had been defeated by Selim I, and the kingdom was annexed prior to this the venetians had excellent relations with the mamluk sultanate there is of course the issue of cyprus and the claim salim II would have later on the venetians had to remain neutral in the conflict between the ottomans and the mamluks much like the king of tunis and the princes of the barbary states did because the republic of venice knew that a An eventual Mamluk conquest would not have changed trading relations with the economic centers of Cairo uh, and Alexandria. They would just change hands and it would be under Ottoman rule, which the Venetians always had trading relations via Constantinople and other places of the Ottoman Empire. So it is interesting to look at Venetian reactions to the main Ottoman conquests in the uh, 1520s namely the siege of rhodes we've talked a bit about that then the battle of mohach in 1526 pivotal moment in central slash eastern european uh, history and the siege of vienna in 15 uh, 29 most of these um events coming once andrea gritti became doge so the death of sultan Selim the first brought much relief to christian princes including to the venetians um reflected in paolo giovio's statement who said quote all men agreed that a gentle lamb had succeeded a fierce lion since suleiman himself was but young and of no experience end of quote i would say that uh, in hindsight in retrospect this couldn't be further from the truth given the rate of success and the very few Defeats Suleiman experienced over like many decades until the mid 1560s. Uh, the Venetians received encouraging signs from Constantinople, as in the first year of his reign, Suleiman passed a firman, which was a uh, official document which reconfirmed trading rights for Venetian merchants. In 1521, the Ottomans conquered Belgrade, in 1522, we see what happens. At Rhodes, there wasn't much the Venetians could do to prevent the conquest of Rhodes, uh, apart from uh, calling a truce between the Christian powers, as they could not face a fleet of three hundred ships and an army of over a hundred thousand. Andrea Gritti's election in fifteen twenty three, going back a bit, represented an advantage for the Republic, uh, because, as mentioned before, he had much experience in the Ottoman Empire. He spoke. The language and he was very well acquainted with ottoman practices and as a result the venetians partially because of andrea gritti maintained a good relationship with the sultan and there was a uh, mutual cooperation pact in 1524 in fighting mediterranean piracy in 1526, the Venetians did not reply to King Louis II of Hungary's request for a united effort against the Ottomans at Mohach, proof being that Venetian armies were ordered to stay at their usual quarters. It is worth considering that at the time Venice began to be involved in the affairs of the League of Cognac, and it can be argued that they had few resources to spare. But the Ottoman victory against the Hungarians caused serious concerns for uh, Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, as the Turks would approach the borders of the empire and would seek to target Vienna which they did in 1529. Uh, Cardinal Wolsey had accused the Venetians of concluding an alliance of the sultan in the detriment of the emperor. The Venetians regarded these accusations as absurd, arguing that in the past the Republic had helped the Hungarian kingdom financially, and it was Venetian tradition to maintain diplomatic relationships between the Porte in Constantinople and the Signoria of Venice. The Venetians argued that this was for the protection of Venetian subjects and merchants from the Ottoman Empire. Declaring war against the Ottomans at Mohaj would have been would have had catastrophic consequences for Venetian economics, the the economy of the Republic, but also for the diplomatic ties between the Ottoman Empire and the Venetians. One can ask why the Venetians did not help the Hungarians when they needed all the assistance they could get. The financial aspect is relevant and it's worth, but it's also worth taking a look at the bigger picture. Another critical moment is the 1529 Ottoman siege of Vienna. By 1529, imperial influence in Italy was at its peak With only the restoration of the Medici family in Florence being required for the imperial coronation to finally take place. It did take place in 1530 at Bologna. In September, Sultan Suleiman had launched an unprecedented attack on the Habsburg capital. The siege was a failure due to the great defensive organization under Ferdinand, uh, but also weather conditions and The late departure from Constantinople played uh, crucial roles in the Ottoman failure to take Vienna. Moving a bit further in time, after the coronation of Bologna, the Venetian Republic seemed inclined to strengthen its relations with the emperor. However, they kept close contact with officials from Constantinople and monitored the situation. In January 1532, Luigi Gritti, son of Doge Andrea Gritti, informed Clement VII of Ottoman preparations for an Italian invasion. By this point, the Ottomans were in good terms of the Persians, which allowed them to focus once more on European campaigns. The Venetians were alarmed by the fact that Ibrahim Pasha had prepared a large fleet with help from the Corsairs and the Persians, which uh, had an unknown destination. However, there was certainty that the fleet would pass through the channel of Corfu. This Venetian possession of Corfu was always wanted by the Ottomans due to its strategic positions and they knew that should the Sultan want to conquer Corfu it would have been immensely difficult to to resist the siege without uh, help. Consequently uh, their best option was to receive help from Andrea Doria and his Genoese fleet which as we've spoken about in the Uh, episodes about charles v uh, had much control in the end in the year 1532 there were no conflicts that arose as the doge gritti received information that the sultan had abandoned his expedition against the german lands of the holy roman empire despite the fact that the venetians had informed the sultan that charles had left vienna for spain in october 1532 Meanwhile, the commercial treaty signed in 1535 between the French and the Ottomans complicated the situation for the Venetians and for Doge Gritti. In 1536, after the Spanish had previously defeated Barbarossa at Tunis in 1535, the Republic's government was aware that an attack from the Ottomans would be imminent as a result of took precautions by raising the number of ships at sea from 27 to 60 and reinforcing settlements in Candia, Corfu, Zante, and Dubrovnik. The Venetian Republic and Gritti found themselves at a dangerous crossroads. The situation was even more complicated because decisions had to be made in accordance with the Senate, Doge, and the Council of Ten. A clash of interests can be observed in the choices that Venice had to make in 1536 they had two choices the first one which was very pro-French and proposed by Doge Griti, was to join the newly created Franco-Ottoman alliance the Venetian senate and the council of 10 preferred the second more prudent option of joining a holy league with the papacy and Charles V because peace in Italy was regarded uh, as vital and the Ottomans were a more distant threat but not to several possessions in their commonwealth it has to be said this situation perfectly reflects the complications that were derived from uh, the way the venetian republic was set out as francisco vettori argued that quote the venetians wish to show that their prince cannot determine alliances and peace at his pleasure this is, of course, it's the checks and balances, an early modern version of it. But as a result, in 1538, Venice enters a Holy League against Suleiman with a proposed contribution of covering the costs of a third. Suleiman regarded this as a hostile act towards the Ottomans, and it can be considered a main trigger for the disruption of peace between the Ottomans and the Venetians which had been going on since 1503. We've spoken at length throughout the podcast there are quite a few episodes if you can check um, the episode list about the third Ottoman Venetian war uh, 1537 until 1540 the Venetians of course lose that we've got the battle of Preveza which is this pivotal moment in the first half of the 16th century sort of confirms two spheres of influence the East of the Mediterranean, heavily influenced by the Ottomans and a bit by the Venetians. The West, um, we see Sicily and Malta uh, under threat in the second half of the 16th uh, century. And of course, the Venetians once more lose uh, another war against the Ottomans and they have to uh, go f- for a very unfavorable peace. However... It would be in late December 1538 that Andrea Gritti would die at the age of uh, over 82, I think he was 83, and he would be succeeded by uh, Pietro Lando, who was Doge of Venice, from 1538 to 1545. Without a doubt, he was one of the most important military diplomatic uh, figures of 16th century Venetian history, of overall Venetian history. uh, I would say because of the role that he played initially uh, in Constantinople, the peace talks of of the second ottoman-venetian war his contributions at uh, Agne- agnadello and the war of the league of cambrai the way he maintained a prudent course of action during the war of the league of cognac and avoided uh, another problematic war and venetian involvement against the very powerful emperor but in the end he could not avoid Going into another war against the Ottomans, and he died in the midst of a losing war once more against the Ottomans. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wanderers History podcast about Doge Andrea Gritti, Doge of Venice, of course. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to give this video a like, subscribe to the channel, and make sure you never miss any new videos and notifications from the podcast. And until the next time, all the best.